Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. I want to begin my sermon this morning by reading you the first paragraph of an article entitled, 450 Sheep Jump to Their Deaths in Turkey, which the Associated Press ran back in 2005. This is how the article begins, and I quote, First one sheep jumps to its death, Then stunned Turkish shepherds who had left the herd to graze while they had breakfast watched as nearly 1,500 others followed, each leaping off the cliff. In the end, 450 dead animals lay on top of one another in a billowy white pile. Those who jumped later were saved as the pile got higher and the fall more cushioned. Suffice it to say, in today's gospel, when Jesus compares his disciples to sheep, It is not a compliment. Now, had Jesus called us lions or eagles or horses, animals known for their power, their majesty, their speed, it'd be a different story. But instead, we are likened to sheep, animals that, when left alone, can wander off a cliff for no apparent reason. You see, most animals, when released, will either go wild or find their way back home. Sheep are different. It is very common for sheep to get lost. They're not very smart, and they lack the resources they need to survive on their own. Meaning that in the ancient Near East, which was Jesus' world, a sheep with no shepherd or a sheep with a bad shepherd was completely hopeless and vulnerable. And so to speak of Jesus as our shepherd and to see ourselves as his sheep, this really isn't a sentimental image, but it is a powerful one. The Lord is my shepherd, we heard today in the 23rd Psalm, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right paths. There is a reason that this is the psalm that many of us may have memorized. It's the most common psalm that is read at funerals because there is just something about this image that speaks to the deepest desire of the human heart, a desire to know that we are safe, that we are being guided along the right path, and that we are not lost, even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. After all, this world we live in has an uncanny way of making us feel lost, harassed, and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, to quote the gospel of Matthew. And granted, you may not feel lost. In fact, my deepest hope is that you don't. But I imagine there's at least one person in your life who 
does feel that way right now. And when they do, I find that it's usually one of three culprits that leaves people feeling this way. People are sad, people are anxious, people are exhausted. I call it the unholy trinity of modern life. And so first, I just want to acknowledge that many of you come here today and you're sad that there is grief in your life that will not go away, a spouse or a parent that's died a child that's moved out of the house, something you've lost and you fear you'll never get back. And on Mother's Day, that grief can so easily rise to the surface. It's a day that awakens a lot of gratitude and celebration, and rightly so, but it can also stir up a lot of grief. But second, people are anxious. We're anxious about our health and about our family. We're anxious about our performance in life, either as a parent or at work, fearful that we won't measure up. And because we're so skilled in our society at hiding what's on the inside to present a facade of cool, calm, and in control, we're all a little anxious about being found out, anxious about what we conceal. I find that we all have at least one thing in our life that we don't want other people to know about. But third, people are exhausted. Between kids and work obligations and laundry and investing in friends and self-care and sleep and church and chores, we need a 36-hour day to fit it all in. And God has only given us 24. It's like the one glitch in all of creation. And so try as we might to outsmart and beat the space-time continuum and cram it all in. The day comes to an end and we find that so much is left undone. And not only is that exhausting, but it only reinforces the anxiety and the sadness making us feel constantly behind as if we haven't done enough or as if we aren't enough. And that tomorrow we both need to do more and to be more to get back on the right path. There's an old story about a West Virginia boy who was sitting on a fence at a crossing of two narrow roads. And a man in a large car with New York plates roared to a stop in front of him, let down the window, and said, Young man, I'm lost. Can you tell me where this road goes? He said, No, sir, I can't. The man said, well, can you tell me where that road goes? He said, no, sir, I can't. The man said, well, young man, don't you know anything? Yes, sir, he said, I know that I'm not lost. <laughs> the point of today's gospel is very clear. You are not lost, and you never have been. Even amidst the sadness, the anxiety, the exhaustion, you are right where you need to be in the presence of your good shepherd. For it is Jesus who guides us. His mercy and goodness go behind us and in front of us. And it is Jesus, the good shepherd, who will be with us until the day we die and we are brought at last into his Father's presence. This, above all, is what Jesus wants us to know in today's gospel. In fact, in today's gospel, we have just 
a snippet from John chapter 10, but the whole chapter elaborating on the imagery of Psalm 23 is dedicated to this one theme. I am the good shepherd. I own my sheep. I care for my sheep. I guide my sheep. I love my sheep. I die for my sheep. I will not let my sheep wander off a cliff and perish eternally. And so today's gospel is not a challenge to be better sheep or more obedient sheep. It is not a lecture on how to hear Jesus' voice and discern the right path in life, but rather the gospel truth that whatever path you're on, the good shepherd, he is right there with you. In fact, if you read the passage carefully, you'll see that the only thing Jesus asks us to do is to believe, to believe that we have eternal life, to believe that we will never perish, to believe that no person or circumstance or mistake could ever snatch us out of the Father's hand. Because in those moments that our heart does believe this good news, we are able to lay down our burdens and to rest in the goodness and mercy of God. St. Augustine was a highly educated man prior to his conversion, and he was once asked about Jesus' teaching and what made Jesus' wisdom superior to his previous teachers, to which Augustine replied, I have read Plato and Cicero sayings that are very wise and very beautiful, but I never read in either one of them, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. This is what our good shepherd offers us. Not better sleep, not relaxation, not even the removal of your anxiety, but rather a deep confidence in our gut that no matter what happens in this transitory life, that God will have the very last word. Or as St. Julian of Norwich once put it, a belief that all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be exceeding well. Because when we do believe our shepherd's promise that all shall be well, something amazing happens in that green pasture of grace. We hear his voice. Now, granted, we may experience God's voice in a million different ways, but the good shepherd will speak to his sheep. And let me tell you the difference between the voice of Jesus and the voice of what he calls the hired hands. The hired hands, the fake shepherds, they always tell us who we ought to be. We ought to be successful or smart or rich or a more disciplined person. We ought to go to this grad school or marry that person. We ought to buy this product or attend that church or get more involved in that initiative. The hired hands, they're experts on who you ought to be. But Jesus Christ, he never tells us who we ought to be, ever. No, Jesus, he just tells us, who we are. You are my beloved. You are my own. You are my sheep, and I call each one of you by name. 
And so let me end by saying this. I don't know what road you're on in life, and I don't know where that road will end up. But what I do know is that you are not lost. Because in the kingdom of God, there is no cliff we fall off of where God does not find us, meaning that wherever we are now is exactly where we need to be in the presence of our good shepherd. For though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's really nothing to fear, for God is with us. And surely God's mercy and God's goodness will follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.